And I guess uh, one hour wasn't enough for uh, the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast this week. We're back with the second part of the uh, extravaganza known as WrestleMania 30, following up with that little thing called Monday Night Raw, which 5 million people watch, which uh, is no small number in these days when it comes to professional wrestling. Uh, this is Corey Richmond. I'm joined once again by Jason Brooks, who... After an hour, decided, I'll keep on going if you want to go, Corey. So uh, we're back. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Daniel Bryant finally winning the title for real this time. A little John Cena, Bray Wyatt, and uh, hopefully uh, the future of the company with uh, NXT invading Raw this week. Jason, how you doing once again? I'm doing well. Um, it was a crazy, crazy show, um, and I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. And I will really try not to lose my mind about Jeff Jarrett again, because, you know, I'm sure he is one heck of a man. <laughs> For those who listen to part one. Hey, part one was pretty exciting. Um, but let, let's let's get this started, all right? Uh, leading into Mania, we re- I think in most people's eyes, we had one story and one story only, which when we came out of it, we had quite a few of them. But the major story was... When push came to shove, would WWE creative actually do what was right for that mythical term, right for business? And right for business was the goat-faced assassin, as you know, or whatever they want to call him, the troll or whatever else. Because, you know, you you love to talk about your main event guy so so proudly. Uh, Daniel Bryant finally exiting Mania with the title and beating the authority. I mean, that's still continuing, but... Beating authority and making Batista tap out. I was really, I really enjoyed it. I know one of our close buddies uh, who's been on the show before, Eddie Z, mostly sure wasn't thrilled about it. But uh, what was your thoughts? I'm guessing since we've spoken quite a few times over the weeks, you liked the decision. Yeah, I thought it was the, the decision that you had to make. Um, I think they've built this up, like I said in the past, like a story. Um, it's been a very long story, a story, you know, two years in the making. After what they did to him a couple of WrestleManias ago, losing in 18 seconds. The fans really getting behind him. Um, the WWE continuing not to want to, quote, unquote, push him. And eventually he almost knocked the door down. He basically, they didn't let him in the door, so he drove a car through it. And the fans really willed him to that victory last night in terms of, why he got pushed to the point that he did. Thought it was a great ending. Thought the triple threat match was a really good match. I loved the Triple H Brian match. I loved the story they told. I thought that was a fantastic match. And it's good to see that he's the champion. And I don't think he's going anywhere for a while. Now, we'll get into in future shows who we think should be the first guy that faces him. But right now, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this. I think that Daniel Bryant, he was already a star in my mind, but I think the guys who truly didn't believe still, after the performance that he gave, I think he is the number two babyface of that company, and I don't think it's even close anymore. See, yeah, I think he's been the number two babyface in the company for, you know, a year now. I mean... He's not number one because he doesn't sell the merchandise that Cena does, but he basically is 
the number one for the adult males as seen as number one for the kids. So at this point, they're almost 1A and 1B. I know CM Punk was there for a while, but I still don't feel like he had the fervor with the fans that Daniel Bryan did. Now, do you think that... Do you think Daniel... What do you think Daniel Bryan... Is there anything Daniel Bryan can do to reach that Cena level? Or is it just Cena is who they want, and no matter what... They're still going to be as long as Cena's healthy. Cena will be the will be A and he will be B. I think you know they did it with The Rock and Stone Cold. You know they had them both on the same level at the same time. It was really tricky how they did it, but they were able to do it. And I do see them being able to do the same thing with Daniel Bryan and John Cena. There's enough TV time that there's room for two giant stars. Um, I think they've already shown that in the last year or so because Brian has been in a lot of these main events of these uh, Raws. So I think there's definitely room for two big baby faces in the company. Now, let's let's get into Triple H. Triple H, I think, went and... I think he's been very interesting over the last 48 hours. I don't... I think that him going and continually... Continuing to still be part of the story, I was actually a little bit shocked about. I thought usually when something happens at Mania, that's the close, and all of a sudden you have the idea that the book is closed with the authority, and Daniel Bryant, you know, starts something new. And it kind of felt like... We're, we may... I, I'm sure hopefully it'll be a short period, but it felt like we kind of are going to see Triple H in the ring... A lot more than I ever expected when this Daniel Bryan situation started. Because it looks like, I guess they haven't announced anything, but it looks like the next step could be some sort of War Games match at Extreme Rules or some sort of eight-man tag with, you know, The Shield and Bryant versus Evolution and, and Kane, which I'm not, you know, love with the idea of that. But, I mean, look like the way that, you know, Raw ended this past week that we're at least going to most likely see next week some sort of match in that respect. So, I mean... I don't know. I, I kind of expected Triple H not to be the gracious loser, but I thought we would have saw the end of the feud at Mania, not the feud continuing. Well, two things. One, with the with the pay per view after WrestleMania, a lot of the feuds continue on. And two, who's a bigger heel in the WWE than Triple H? I'm not. Can you sure. name him? Uh, I like to say Bray Wyatt, but. Not no, yet. there's the answer is nobody. There's not a heel that's even close to Triple H. Well, there so is one. For them to conti- for them to continue to continue to have him as the main antagonist, and also an added benefit of Triple H being there is to put the Shield over as baby faces, which they which they did last night. So he's actually helping two entities. He's helping Daniel Bryan continuing to get over, obviously as the main authority figure. And he's helping the Shield get over because now they have somebody to go against um, in terms of uh, a big antagonist. Because to be honest with you, who gives a shit about Kane? I mean, we all like Kane. He's fine. There's nothing wrong with Kane. But who really cares that the Shield are going against Kane? They beat Kane in uh, 30 seconds at WrestleMania, and nobody cared. So they needed a bigger antagonist to have the Shield go against. And there's no bigger antagonist than Triple H himself. Uh, note to self, at the 
750-ish mark. We had our first uh, first curse, so unlike the first episode this week, it will be an explicit podcast. Yay to us. Um, but once I agree with you totally, Kane, if Kane retired tomorrow, I really wouldn't care at this point. He had a great run. He had a great speech at the Hall of Fame honoring the late Bill Moody, Paul Bear. Um, but I don't know. I mean... I've always thought that when you get to see, with the part-time guys, and I know we spoke about it on the last show with The Undertaker and Brock, but I felt like, you know what, the at, at WrestleMania, we'd be done with, with Triple H. If Triple H is going to be part of this and is going to help put other guys over, which it looks like he will, that's fine. But I'm kind of, I, I've kind of had my fill of Triple H, and I'm ready to... Uh, to move on with somebody else. See I, I see, I disagree. I think Triple H has been tremendous. I think the match he had at WrestleMania against Brian, it was awesome. I think it was one of, I, I love the match. I love the pacing of the match. I love the story they told. I thought it was a fantastic match. So I think he still can work. I think he, and I think he's the biggest heel. I think you have, if he's the biggest heel, he's the one that the fans want to see get his ass kicked. And the fans want to see the Shield kick Triple H's ass. That's what they want to see. So you have to kind of give the fans what they want to see. And if he's going to help put other guys over, I mean, Corey, who else would you have Daniel Bryan go against? Randy Orton and Batista, who the fans were born out of the building last night? I mean, who, who do you want to have them have them go against? Have them I, go against? Got and, who, and, and more importantly, maybe more importantly, who do you want to have be the main antagonist to the Shield in their run as big baby faces? Well, I think you got two parts there, but let, I'll go with the first one right away. I think a guy who beat the streak, uh, if you, I think he should be the guy who Daniel Bryant. That's that's the that's the guy if, uh, who should be facing uh, Daniel Bryant right now. If you're having, you know, we're not going to get back in this conversation again. But if you have Brock Lesnar beat the streak, Brock Lesnar is the best man on the planet, and Brock Lesnar does beat beat the you know the franchise player in the company. He's, he should be next in line to be uh, facing that babyface champion. We may not see Brock for a little bit. You and, then the other, and then so the other question would be, well, I mean, Corey, we may not see him. Listen, we may see him at SummerSlam. I mean, he's not, he's going to be, he's going to wrestle for the title at some point, you would presume. They, so they have to have him go against somebody. They don't have to have him fight next at Extreme Rules for the title. He doesn't, he doesn't need to do that. The other question is, that wasn't answered, as I, it was a two-parter, was what do you do with the Shield? They already have beaten the authority. They squashed the authority in a two-minute match on the biggest stage. So what do you do with the Shield? Triple H fits both bills. He fits the Daniel Bryan antagonist, and he fits the Shield. But you don't think less is more with a guy like uh, Triple H? You know, a guy like Brock Lesnar, a lot of these guys, the less you see them, the bigger impact you have because they're... He's on the show every week, Carl. He's literally on the show every week. He comes out every week and he talks. He's every week he's on the show. He's wrestled one match in the last, whatever it's been, since the Curtis Axel fiasco. Okay. He, he's barely he's barely wrestled. I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's been out there too much. Um, I think he's been fine. Right. And I think the fans want to see him get his ass kicked. All right, so how much longer do you uh how much longer do you want this run of Triple H 
to be? Do you want him in the ring think, every week, uh, every pay-per-view now for the next, what, six, eight months? Or is it once he deals with the Shield and hopefully puts them over, he's gone and you have, you know, Vince McMahon finally take away their power or something? I mean, what do you uh, – how much longer do you want to see Triple H as, as, a top, as a top heel in the company? Yeah, I see them as far as Triple H. He's going to still be around as the authority. Um, I don't know how they're going to get him involved, but I, I still feel like he'll be involved. I see Daniel Bryan going against Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. So that's where I see that going. So for the next pay-per-views, we might see some type of four eight-man tag at the next pay-per-view and then Triple H against Bryan again. You know, these kind of iterations of the same match um, from WrestleMania, kind of the same storyline. But then... You know, come SummerSlam, I think they'll really start to flip things and change it. And they, they, may, they may change it after Extreme Rules, but if you're going to say who, you know, who's Daniel Bryan's next opponent, big opponent, other than Triple H, I think the only other guy, you're right, would be Brock Lesnar. But I don't know that these kind of Hammenager pay-per-views are a big enough stage for Daniel Bryan against Brock Lesnar. I think it's got, it has to be a SummerSlam you know, one of those big four pay-per-views, in my opinion. All right. I can, I, I, I can respect that. I mean, I can see your point there. But you were saying about uh, The Shield. I have no problem with putting, you know, guys who aren't fully over but are legacy stars and Batista and Orn feuding with uh, The Shield. I got no problem with that. But I think the bigger question is, do you like... And I know that I'm not answering this, but I'm just, you know, throwing this out here. Do you like the idea of the shield as baby faces? Yes, because I feel like the fans have already already been wanting to cheer them and they're kind of going with what the fans want. I think if they if they if they're out there cutting promos thanking the fans every week, that's going to going to come off a little corny. But I think if they do what the shield does, which is kick everybody's ass no matter who it is, and you know, kick ass, take names, and chew bubble gum. You know, if they continue with that theme, and then I think they'll be fine as baby faces. But I think if they're out there thanking the fans every week, it's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be lame. And I think that's one thing about the shield is that they are cool. And I think because they are cool, pushing them to be baby faces that I think works. All right, I, can res- I, I, I can respect that. I and mean, like I said, I, I personally think they're better as heels, and I think you could have kept them heels for a little bit longer. And I think the idea that, you know, the Wyatts are starting to kind of come off a little bit as faces with, you know, the crowd doing, you know, the clapping and doing everything else. I think one of them should have been considered, you know, kept a heel a little bit longer. But, you know, I I, I love the Shield. I'm, I'm so grateful that, they decided to keep them as a unit for longer due to the fact they also don't think Roman Reigns is, be- is ready to be a singles uh, a singles guy. But um, I th- I think we've kind of gone away from the the general idea about Bryant. Uh, before we take a break, just want to get your opinion here. Do you think that do you think Bryant is strong enough at this point if Cena got hurt again? To be the the main person in this company as the you know as basically the face of faces here, or do you think if he does if something would happen to Cena, 
Brian isn't really at that level yet. Um, I think he's at that level. I think they have scaled Cena back. I think I think in the last year, and I give John Cena credit. He wasn't, you know, he was in the main event there with the WWE World Heavyweight Title when they united the title when they put the titles together. But after the whole thing with or after the whole thing with um, with him losing to Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam, he wasn't in the title picture. He wasn't in the main event for a while. He wasn't in the main event of WrestleMania. And Daniel Bryan sold that pay per view. Daniel Bryan sold this rating. People watched the show to see Daniel Bryan and the Undertaker as well. They didn't. You know, they didn't do that to see The Rock. So, you know, really, I, I absolutely think that Daniel Bryan could be a 1B guy in the company, and then if he has to be, be the 1A guy. Uh, but on that note, let's go to break. We'll talk more about John Cena and Bray Wyatt and their WrestleMania match and current feud, hopefully, as we, uh, as we go to break. And we'll talk about that on the way back. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Don't be afraid to shoot. Even if you don't score, you're already a winner in the most important game of all. Just believe in yourself. Welcome back to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast, where we believe in ourselves and in the fact that the Wyatts will come out on the other side being a main event players. This is Corey Richmond, and still joined by Jason Brooks. Jason, before we went to break, uh, you informed us that we'd be talking a little Cena Wyatt. I thought that the buildup for the match was terrific. I thought there was parts of the match, ring psychology-wise, which were very good. But I didn't think it was a great match. I'm sure you'll disagree because, you know, you think everything's great. And uh, I don't. <laughs> what? I thought the match was solid. I didn't think it was the greatest technical match in the world, but I thought it was a solid match. And the biggest, most important thing is I think they told a great story. They told a tremendous story. And they did that throughout the whole match. And I think that's, the most, that's always the most important thing about any match is telling the story and keeping the fans hooked. I think they did that. Um, I just hope that this is going somewhere and they're not going to end this. It didn't, doesn't seem like they're going to, you know, if you watch Raw last night. But I hope this doesn't go anywhere and they continue this feud. Because I think they can – I don't think – when we talked last week about Wyatt needing to win, he looked good. And I was worried that they would have seen a win and then that would be the end of, end, end of Bray Wyatt. But Bray Wyatt looked like a star at WrestleMania. And I think now he is coming to his own as a main event guy, even though he lost the match. Which I didn't think I would, I didn't think I'd feel that way, you know, a week ago. I didn't think I'd feel that even if he lost the match, he'd still feel like he's coming into his own as a main event guy. Do you agree, disagree? What do you think? Well, first of all, I think he should have... Definitely won the match. I think if any heel... I agree. We, we agree on that, no. We agree on that. I think he should have won the match. Well, I think if any heel bad guy wins, should have won at Mania, it should have been Bray Wyatt. First, because, like we've said in the past, Casino didn't need the win. And secondly, I think that, once again, having a guy who's coming up, being able to say the idea that 
at WrestleMania, I beat John Cena, and the message uh, the message continues. I think it's important. But, but this is the other question. You're right. He can't say that, but he can say he turned Cena into a monster. He can say, uh, but McCoy, you're, you're right. I, you're looking at me. We're, we're, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. But what's been Wyatt's message? Think about themes. I'm talking big picture. Think about themes. Wyatt's themes. I want to turn Cena into a monster. When Cena beat him up the one time when he had the mask on, Wyatt laughed. He wants he wants to turn Cena into a monster. So I think that's slowly what he's doing. So I think that theme of him turning turning him into a monster is kind of where Wyatt's going. So that's why I don't think ultimately the loss will hurt him as much, especially if the storyline's going to continue. All right, two things on that. One, I don't think there was anywhere in the match where Cena actually let the inner rage, the monster come out. Oh, several times. He, several times he went crazy really? and went after him, and the ref had to, the ref had to break him up. He, hold there, on. there were several times when when they the, the story the way they played the storyline there were several times that he went after no he didn't get disqualified he didn't hit him with a chair but he would have got disqualified in the match but there were several times when he again this is the storyline where the where the announcers where they played it up where Cena was really going kind of off kilter a little bit yeah but you know what and I think them I honestly the, I don't even think the announcers did that because the announcers went and said. The, he's not letting the monster come out. Where you know we had the steel steps near the end of the match, where he could have hit you know hit him with them. He but went some reports in the match they did say he was they did say the monster was coming out, and Cena was trying to keep himself in check, and at certain points was unable to keep himself in check. I don't know. I you know what? Maybe I would feel slightly different about Wyatt winning this match if it wasn't the first match of the feud. I think the first pay per view match of a feud, the heel should win. Because once, the, maybe maybe this will continue. I mean, I don't really felt like, I didn't really feel like on Raw, I'll, let me finish this. I don't really feel like on Raw, the feud really continued. But, you know, when, usually the way at least my mind works, and my mind is very screwed up at times, when you have a feud, the minute the face or the good guy goes victorious, especially clean, there's no point in continuing the feud because the good guy won. And yes, I understand that's the biggest stage and you want everyone to go home happy. But if you're going to do that, maybe you start the feud a little bit earlier. Maybe instead of having, you know, it happened, it is what it is. Instead of having Cena in the Elimination Chamber, you have Cena versus Wyatt for the first time with some sort of screwy ending. Then, you know, and then you have that come along there where it ends with Cena winning at Mania. But... Going on to the idea of them continuing this feud on Raw, I really didn't see it that way. I mean, they were in a six-man tag. Cena didn't get pinned in the match. Cena wasn't, you know, destroyed by any stretch to end it. Cena, it really, at least to me, maybe I'm wrong, but Cena really felt like he was just another guy with Sheamus and Big E in that match. It was a six-man tag, day after Mania. Didn't really feel like they were doing anything to continue that. Maybe I'm wrong, but let me let me know what you think here. Well, they didn't do anything to continue it. It doesn't look like, but the show was really, really packed. So I, you know, I don't know that they had the time, or you know, they, I don't think they wanted to pack that much into the show. So 
you know, I, I understand what you're saying, but I don't think they wanted to pack that much into the show. But your gut says that this is going to continue? My gut says it's going to continue, yes. Because what else, what else are you going to have those guys do? I mean, really, what else are they going to do? You know, who, I mean, it makes sense for them to continue the feud. Well, if you know, if you watch main event in a in an hour or so after when we're taping, you'll be seeing them face the as great of a match it is at every time. You know, you'll see be seeing them face the uh, the Shield for the four hundred twelfth time in a six man, which will be great. I'll watch it, but you know, I don't know. I mean, it's main event. It's fine. Let, let it be. Hey, I mean, they no longer have a TV deal, so we'll be on the network. Uh, but before we take uh, our second break of of the day and get into a couple more issues. Where do you see Cena um, now? I understand. I know this is almost. I'm answering my own question. They're going to continue this, this feud, but long term, how how long do you think Cena stays away from the title picture? And you have him and Wyatt that whole entire time, because like I said, you know he is the as much as we want to say Daniel Bryan has taken over the fans and the fans love Daniel Bryan and this and that, but. Cena's still the guy who they, they want to build around. What do you do with Cena until you get him back in the title picture? Is it just uh, is it just Bray, or do you, do you see other stuff go- happening? Uh, I think it's just Bray for a while. I think it's Bray for a while. I mean, wh- who else would you have him go? I'm trying to really quickly think of the roster. Uh, other than one of these young guys like Bo Dallas, I mean, I can't be Bo Dallas, but I, I don't see that. I think, and of course, I think that's the one issue. There aren't that many heels. There are not that many heels or heels that people give a crap about or that they've made, you know, like guys like Sandow, they've, you know, buried him. Oh, Ralph Van Dam's back. Sandow, get out there and do the job. Yeah, I mean, so. Um, you know, they're going to have him put over younger guys, Rusev and, you know, maybe. But they, they've made their heels look pretty bad. Del Rio looks like crap. I mean, so I don't really know who, who they have him go against. I feel like it's wide until the next, until some triple threat match with him, Brian and Orton, I guess, at, you know, the next pay-per-view, SummerSlam or the pay-per-view after that. I'm not sure. I, I, I see this. I see this feud with Wyatt going for a while. Because I don't think they have any other direction to take him in right now. Uh, it's kind of a sad state, I would say. But, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I could see your point on the idea that Wyatt is the, is the most likely that secondary heel that's a good place for, for Cena to be right now. But, I mean, Cena's going to figure out a way to get back in the title picture sooner than later. And I'm just, I'd like to see... Before he gets back into that title picture, there's there's another there's someone else he goes up against. Maybe if if the King of Swing, which I really do like saying, it's a great it's a great uh, it's a great catch little you know catchphrase there. But maybe Cesaro, maybe Rusev. I mean, but you know what? Well, I think I'm, I think you know what, Corey? I think that's it. I think if Cesaro's a heel, it's going to be Cesaro. I think that'd be the next guy naturally. That'd be the next guy, but. I I mean, from looking at Raw, and I know the fans like Cesaro and whatever, but I feel like he's going more toward a baby face. Even though Heyman's a heel. That, which, that, that whole dynamic's very interesting to me anyway. If Cesaro's a heel, I think Cesaro would be the natural next guy. I just don't know if they're going to make him a heel. 
All right. Well, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk about what we talk about a lot, but really go down to the nitty gritty. NXT, one of our favorite shows, is where the future stars come in. And this week on Raw, we saw two promos for two new guys. And we also saw two people premiere or debut, whatever we want to call it nowadays. When we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about the future of the WWE and a lot more on the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. Corey Richmond, Jason Brooks, you know, still the same old host. But we'll bring back you with a little bit more action coming up next. And not only did I make you a real American, I made you a Zeb Coulter guy. And you want to hear some more things? Well, um, I'm, I'm sorry, Seb. I'm not that guy. I'm not a Zeb Coulter guy. What? I'm a Paul Heyman guy. Are you kidding me? Welcome back to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast, where the future is now if you watched Monday Night Raw, where we saw Rusev finally debut. We saw an interesting, to say the least, debut from the Anti-Diva page. We saw multiple promos for Bo Dallas, and we also saw for, uh, for Rose, which Adam Rose is... We used to be uh, Leo Kruger, who had a cup of coffee when NXT was on regular uh, regular television. Uh, and this is mostly only the beginning, because you still have guys in NXT like a Sami Zayn and the awful tag team known as The Ascension. So, Jay, is there anyone that we either saw debut today, oh, I'm sorry, last night, or someone who might be coming soon that's caught your eye and has made you go... I'm ready to see the future. Well, I'm glad that they're starting to push these guys. You know, Kruger was there in developmental for a long, 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 long time. He just started this Adam Rose character recently, and they're already talking about bringing him up to the main roster doing these vignettes. So I'm glad he's getting a push. Um, The Bo Dallas vignettes, I love them. I think they're funny. I think I don't love them in the ring, but I think... His promos have been awesome. I think he's very good on the mic, so I, I'm, I'm excited to see him and what he does on the main roster. I also think he's going to be one of those heels who the fans really hate and despise, which I think is going to help on the main roster. Um, Paige, obviously, although AJ didn't sell her finisher the best, I think she still is. I think she's going to be phenomenal. You know, I, I think there's some good talent in NXT that they're bringing up. And I'll be curious to see on NXT what they do with their show. Now that, you know, these guys, Bo Dallas, Adam Rose, are going to the main roster, what is going to, who is going to supplant them, you know, on the NXT roster? That is very interesting. I mean, I think that you still have some talent there, like I said. Um, I'm not sure if any of these guys are truly ready. I mean, you might have been more impressed by the Russian brute or whatever they're they're calling uh, Rusev. Who? Oh, I, you know, I forgot about Rusev. That's my boy. That is my boy. I love him. Um, I love him. I think that he his gimmick is super old school. You even have the woman out there talking whatever language they're talking, Bulgarian, Russian, whatever the heck. Um, 
you know, I love it. I think he's old school. I think he's awesome in the ring. And, um, you know, I think I see him having an instant impact. I think we'll disagree a little bit on that. From what I saw in NXT, I wasn't overly impressed by uh, Alexander Rusev. And uh, I, re- hey, I love Lana. She's, uh, as I called her, what, the Russian beauty. I mean, I think she she might be uh, the biggest star of that group, a.k.a. like Summer Rae is when it comes to Fandango. I, mean, I don't think so. I, I, don't th- I don't think so. I think Rusev is going to be a big star. I'm convinced of that. I don't know. I mean, I don't see it. I mean, I think he's... From what I saw in NXT, I didn't think he was great in the ring. Um, and I think that in NXT, he looked bigger than, you know, some of the competition. But when he's in the land, as they say, you know, the land of giants. If he's in there with Kane, he's in there with, you know... I know a lot of the guys are smaller now, but, I mean, he's six feet tall. You're, you're right about that. That is that is the one... That is the only issue that I see. That I agree with you on. I mean, the reason why I think he'll perform well is he's a former wrestler. And I think those guys, as we've seen, generally tend to be really good workers. Ziggler, Swagger, as much as we can stand him, is good in the ring. Kurt Angle, obviously one of the greatest ever. Shelton Benjamin, Charlie Haas. Kind of the list goes on and on. A lot of these ex-wrestlers, and um, Alexander Rusev was an Olympic wrestler, tend to be pretty good pro wrestlers. Um... I do think the one issue is his size. I think that he's short. I mean, he's gigantic, but, you know, Zack Ryder's taller than he is. So I think that's a bit of an issue, but I still think he'll be able to get over as a big-time uh, big time heel. Now, with uh, the Rusevs and the um, Adam Roses and the Bo Dallases, this is a quick one. Let's just, And I just popped to my head like a lot of things that, you know, I say. What guys do you think are going to be, t- going to be taking a back seat with these guys coming up? Is there anybody who uh, automatically you think is going to have see less time? Well, we already, I mean, we saw it last night, didn't we? Zack Ryder got destroyed. I mean, we didn't even talk about RVD coming back. Uh, Sandow, you know, Ziggler wasn't on the Like, who wasn't on the show? Ziggler wasn't on the show. Del Rio wasn't on the show. Sandow got, uh, you know, killed. Ryder got killed. You know, uh, Titus Young wasn't on the show. Darren Young wasn't on the show. You know, those are the guys that our truth wasn't on the show. Those are the guys that we're going to see fall into the background a little bit, I think. Or maybe they'll make them more SmackDown guys and less Raw guys. I don't know. I, love uh, me. But I, think, I, I think you saw, I think it was evident last night, the guys who were going to be taking a step back. All right. Let, let, me, let's put, let me ask you this. You see Sheamus at six foot four. And he might be even taller going up against Rusev. He's going to look like he's a midget. I don't, I, I'm sorry. I mean, the guy might be a wrestler, but as a, he just doesn't, it, at least seeing to me, and I know that I've always been the work rate guy and size shouldn't matter. But we were, I think we either say this on the air or off the air. When it comes to, you know, Daniel Bryan's five foot eight and he's shorter than Stephanie McMahon, and it, you can see the idea that. Size, you know, visually matters. And I don't know if Rusev is going to be this awesome thing, you know. He's, I guess uh, he's okay. Well, listen, we'll agree to disagree. We'll agree to disagree on that. I mean, all right. I mean, so we, so you like Rusev. You, do, you like the, do you like the gimmick of Adam Rose? 
I do. I think um, I think we, we may or may not have touched on it. Yes, I think it's um, fun. I think the crowd's going to be into it. I, you know, again, I don't think this, he's going to be the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, but I think his gimmick is cool. I think it's different, and I think that's what it is. I think it's cool, and I think it's different. And I think the WWE, what they need to do is uh, they need to establish more guys as cool and less guys as you know, kid-friendly. They need to do more cool things to get more adults into the product. And I think something like Adam Rose, you know, is is a little bit more trending toward that. All right. Um, I I kind of, I still, I love the intro, the, uh, the entrance, which we see on NXT. I thought the vignettes were pretty good for Adam Rose. But when I see it, maybe because I'm just jaded, but when I see Adam Rose, I still see Leo Kruger, and I've never been impressed by Leo Kruger. I don't think Leo Kruger is that good. And if you're going to have that type of gimmick, I think you got to go and change your change your move set. Besides, you know, doing a uh, kicks, you know, while you're in the ropes to make the guy, you know, say what's going on here. He still has the same crappy, you know, clothesline as his finisher. I don't know. What, I mean, like I said, I would like to see him do well because I think the gimmick is kind of fun. But, you know, I think that this guy, as long as he's been in there, he should be more than just an entrance. And I don't know if he's really more than anything else except that. I, I agree. I do worry about him in the ring. I've never loved his style. I think he's just okay in the ring. But we'll kind of see what happens. Now, Corey, I have a question for you. So, you know, Daniel Bryan, it was a quote in the Boston Herald. I don't have the exact quote on me. But Daniel Bryan basically said that when he wins the WWE World Heavyweight title, He's going to usher in a new era into the WWE, and newer guys are going to start to get pushes. I don't know if he said it like pushes, but new guys are going to start to get uh, more action, like Cesaro, Bray Wyatt. We're seeing that now. Do you think that we're entering a new era of the WWE with WWE listening to the fans a little bit more? We talked about this, I think, last week or a couple weeks ago, where Ed said, the fans were taking over the show in a negative way and putting themselves over. But I don't know if the fans aren't saying we need to see a new product. We're sick of seeing the same BS every week. We're sick of seeing Orton and Batista and these guys. I want to see something different, cool, and interesting. Whether you like Leo Kruger or not, his character is definitely interesting. Whether you like Bo Dallas or not, his character is definitely interesting. They're pushing Cesaro. Bray Wyatt is something completely different that we haven't seen. They're pushing the shield. I almost feel like the product is changing, and they're doing different things. And I, I'm, I'm really excited about it. What, what are your thoughts? Um, I think part of this is what you see every year after Mania. You go and you bring the new blood in. Uh, I think part of this is just like you saw with uh, a name that you know neither one of us has thought of or said in the last mostly a year and a half for two years, a guy like Ezekiel Jackson, his contract expired, he's done. He's gone from WWE. I think they're just going to go and let things, <clears throat> let things you know, develop as they develop. And if you can swim in the deep waters, you're going to have a career. And if you can't swim the deep waters, you hope that, you know, Jeff Jarrett's company is a success. Because, <laughs> you know, Jeff Jarrett knows what he's doing when it comes to professional wrestling. But, you, but do you not think the characters they're bringing in are different? The, the, you know, there's no Fandango in the group. 
None of these guys that they're bringing in, Adam Rose, Rusev, Bo Dallas, Paige, Emma, none of these people are Fandango. You don't think uh, Adam Rose could be Fandango in a... No, 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 he's not, no, not at all. No, because when they brought Fandango in, everyone thought this is a super corny gimmick. Nobody at this point, and the Adam Rose thing, we don't know how that's going to turn out. The Adam Rose thing has not been a corny gimmick in NXT. It looked like a fun, different, cool kind of thing. It was an entrance. It's an awesome entrance. That's what it is. I mean, I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's anything more than an entrance, like which I like to see. Oh, okay, but but Fandango was a corny gimmick in the first place. So Adam Rose is, doesn't have a corny gimmick. We, you know, again, yes, he's a hard guy. I mean, his gimmick is that he's a party guy. That's his gimmick. So he does have a, a different and interesting gimmick. I think his gimmick is know. on acid. That's just me. What'd you say? I think his gimmick is either on acid or ecstasy. That's what I think. But, you know. Okay, well... Who knows? He's, he's partying, you know. He's got so, all these so, you don't, so you don't feel like the, you feel like it's the same old, same old with the WWE. I, I disagree. I think something's changing. I, I don't. I don't know if Triple H is getting. I don't know if Vince McMahon's starting to take a step back. You know, create from the creative side. But I feel like things are, are shifting a little bit with the WWE, and things are things are changing a little bit. You actually going to have a lot of the same old, same old. But I I, I see a lot, a lot of positives uh, in the product right now. I'm not saying you're. I'm not saying you're wrong. It's not positive. I mean, like I said, I've said multiple times on this program. I think the Shield and the Wyatts are the two best things that the, that the WWF has done in years, and I'm super excited every time you see either one of those groups. So I I like some of the young guys, but I don't know if that any of these young guys that are coming up right now, you know, and maybe at some point you get a Tyler Breeze, you know, you got the Aiden Aiden Englishes uh, of the world. You got, you know, the Corey Graves, the C.J. Parkers. I don't know if any of these guys are true impact players uh, that they're going to go and be true difference makers. I don't know if there's the really great things at NXT that when they get to the main roster, we're going to go, this is this is what, uh, this is the future. A, a good but, future. Not, but Corey, not everybody has to be that guy. You know, in the 80s, Jake the Snake Roberts never won the, the, the WWE the WWE title. Mr. Perfect never won the WWE title. Rick Rude never won the WWE title. But they were great characters. There's no reason why Bo Dallas can't be a guy who is okay in the ring, it does good promos, is a pretty good character, and is a U.S. champion. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. All I'm saying is I don't know if any of these guys, besides... Besides Paige, who we'll talk about in a moment, I don't think any of these people who have come up are difference makers. And I'm not counting. I'm not counting the Shield or the Whites. I'm talking about these people that we saw promos for. Talking about you know the guys who might be coming up soon, either because of their size or there's someone exactly like them. Hey, I'm a huge fan of Sami Zayn, the former El Generico on the Independence. But there's, they already have a guy like that. His name is Daniel Bryan, and they also have you know who's. It was funny as all hell seeing Rey Mysterio, you know, lose to Wade Barrett, which was amazing in its own right. I don't know if it was just because we had the international crowd and Barrett was over with them or not, but that was that was that was definitely something to talk about maybe in a couple of weeks when it's less things are going on. But I honestly don't see any of these guys besides, like I said, Paige, maybe Sasha Banks if she comes up. I so, love the boss. I love the. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know who who is the. 
who's going to be the break, not a breakout star, but someone who is going to be more than a Zack Ryder, a Yoshitatsu, you know, JTD. I mean, Zack Ryder and Yoshitatsu. I think Rusev could be a guy. I think Rusev could be a guy. I, I agree with you. I don't see, I don't see a lot of big, big time guys, but I see a lot of good characters. And with good characters, they evolve, and they could evolve into who knows what. Hey, I mean, as much as I like Colin Cassidy and uh, Enzo Amore, I believe his name is, I, as much as I love them, and I think that, you know, the, the catchphrase, soft, is awesome, I don't know if these guys are more than, any, you know, more than another Santino when they come up. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I want to be wrong. I would love to see guys continue to impress and show me that you know they they are going to be the future. But I don't. I don't know. I don't see it. But Corey, everybody doesn't have to be WWE champion. I think we have in our minds now because we watch guys become the champion that everybody needs to be WWE champion. Everybody doesn't need to be WWE. These champion. guys don't have to be WWE champion, but I don't see them really as major role players either. I mean, honestly, who who is... Uh, all right, you say Rusev could be a, a, a player at some point. I think, and I think Bo Dallas with his gimmick may be able to as well. I don't know. I, I But, you know, before we run out of time on this week's episode, let's talk about someone who I think we both consider to be a, a star in the making, yeah. and that is the lovely anti-diva Paige. I don't exactly think she was done any favors on the way she was brought in. With or the uh, makeup job. She looked like a, a goddamn ghost. <laughs> Come on. Help her out a little bit. Her skin's pale enough. Don't make her look more pale. <laughs> she looks like, like, like a damn ghost. <laughs> Struggle with the makeup department, WWE. Oh, boy. She's a pretty girl. I mean, and let me, <laughs> Paige, she's got a gimmick of this. Paige the ghost. Good God. Is that Casper's long-lost sister? <laughs> Paige the ghost. Casper's long-lost sister. <laughs> Making her entrance in the ring. I mean, our uh, our buddy uh, Henry, who's one-fourth uh, one of, you know, the infamous LWO, was, you know, I think he wrote on Facebook afterwards, uh, not too impressed by Paige. Which you had to quickly defend, which I appreciate the fact you know that the move got screwed up. I mean, yeah, AJ didn't sell the the page turner right. It's not a. It's much more than a, it's more of like a neck breaker type type move than just a little sweep. It's a it, it's a definitely an impactful move. And like I said, I think she can be something special. I think she is. I think the, the new crop of of women as characters and in ring talent. Really make the current ones look like they don't, they they have no they, they have no right being there, and I think there's a bright future when it comes to the divas divas division. So on that in that respect, like I said, Sasha Banks, I think Bailey is will be serviceable. Um, I don't see anything when it comes to uh, Charlotte. Oh, jeez. <laughs> cool, you think she's unattractive? You think she's bad in the ring? I think she needs work. But I don't think she's unattractive. She, you know, I think she's all right looking, and I think she's athletic and is, has potential. 
the Divas division is gonna, you know, if they bring all these girls up, it, it could make the the, uh, the the division pretty interesting over the next couple of months. I was I was thinking about this while we were talking, and I think you might agree with me. I think the person that who needs to come up the most of anybody on the NXT roster right now, and this is, and I'm not trying to make a joke here, is William Regal, and not as a wrestler, but William Regal should be up on the main roster as the color guy for either. I mean, I, everyone loves Jerry, but I I really yeah, he's, he's awful. He's he's a non he's a non entity in the show. He is he is if he wasn't on the show, there would be literally no difference from the show. He he adds nothing to the show. He, I mean, and I, I love Jerry Lawler. We talked about this before. He literally doesn't add a thing to the show. But would you- I, I agree with you about Regal. What do you think about the idea of AJ and Paige having a feud? Paige is okay on the mic. AJ is great on the mic. I think they can have a really, really fun feud that could be on a few Raws, a few SmackDowns, maybe a pay-per-view or two. I think they could really have a fun feud. I agree. I mean, I think that, you know, besides the idea that this happened way too quickly and it just seemed like, you know, totally out of left field, um, I think they could do, you know, some great work together. I think, as you saw in NXT, I think uh, Paige and Emma could do some great work together. Please get her away from Santino as fast as possible. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, I think you know, Paige and Summer Rae can do some good work together. I think Summer Rae and uh, AJ and Italia, these people could do good work together. Hey, I, I'd love to see, you know, Paige versus, you know, Natalia on the, you know, on on a big stage. I'd love to see, you know, a rematch from NXT Arrival with Paige and Emma, where, you know, at a pay-per-view. I think that would be awesome. So, like I said, I think Paige is an impact player, and I think she is the next big, you know, could if done right, which, you know, with the Divas usually never happens, she could be the ne- a next big star. And, like I said, I think the two biggest people who I want to see up are Paige and William Regal. And besides that, you know, let's also get rid of JBL and put Renee Young on the, the broadcast booth. Let's... Hey, let's, let's, let's give Renee Young some time. She's she's a little shaky. Let, let's let's give her some time. First. Well, I, I like her chemistry. down the road. I, I like her chemistry with uh, William Regal. That's... All right, well we got so we got to wrap this show up. I got a trivia night. I got to go to my girlfriend's going to be mad at me. Let, let, let's 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 wrap it up. I'm going to do the plugs. All right. Wow. So if you want to listen, yeah, yeah, you can do the plugs for the kitchen sink in a minute. All right. So if you want to get a hold of us. Twitter, Worth Shoot Pod. On Twitter, Worth Shoot Pod. We live tweet Raw. We live tweet every pay-per-view just about. We never live tweet Impact anymore because it sucks. Um, so that's kind of, you know, if we do start ordering the Ring of Honor pay-per-views, maybe we'll live tweet those as well. Um, we are on Facebook, the Worth Shoot Podcast. That's our Facebook page. We do sometimes put wrestling articles on there, links to our um links to our podcast, and of course, the way to listen to our podcast, other than iTunes, which is to download us at the Word Shoot Wrestling Podcast on iTunes, you can find us on our website, www.worthshoot.podomatic.com. That's worthshoot.podomatic.com. That's 
goes right to our site or right to our podcast. You can listen to our newest podcast, which is part two of this week, or some of our old podcasts like the CM Punk podcast, the fun podcast we had with Ed and other members of the LWO. Nice. All right, well, before we say goodbye today, once again, uh, check out, as you so elegantly put it, check out the Kitchen Sink podcast, uh, which, once again, which I said on the last show, they'll be uh, talking about their favorite sequels, which I think this was actually a pretty good sequel from the first episode we did this week. Uh, And also check out mortenslaw.com, which uh, Christopher Morin will be... Uh, talking about mixed martial arts, wrestling, uh, regular sports. He's very passionate, and we will have him on the show in the in the coming weeks. You may not always agree with his opinion, but you'll you'll always be uh, entertained by it. Once and again, I'll, and I'll be honest with you, it's a good site to check out for sure, guys. It is uh, it is entertaining, and also if you uh, have time this weekend, you should go to. Uh, the UCBW, which is the Upright System Brigade's uh, wrestling, uh, comedy wrestling. You can check them out on Twitter at UCBW. And uh, for Jason Brooks, this is Corey Richmond. Once again, you've been listening to the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. We'll be back next week. Thank you very much, everyone, for uh, always giving us a chance. Spear. Speak to me, warrior! say this evening it's been hard for me to find the words that's oh, oh this is going to be great Well then, you shut up, warrior, and let me do the talking. (laughs) No WWE talent becomes a legend on their own. Every man's heart one day beats its final beat. His lungs breathe their final breath. And if what that man did in his life makes the blood pulse through the body of others and makes them bleed deeper in something than larger than life, then his essence, his spirit, will be immortalized by the storytellers, by the loyalty, by the memory of those who honor him and make the running the man did live forever. You, 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 you are the legend makers of Ultimate Warrior. In the back 
I've seen many potential legends, some of them with warrior spirits, and you will do the same for them. You will decide if they lived with a passion and intensity, so much so that you will tell your stories and you will make them legends as well. I am Ultimate Warrior. You are the Ultimate Warrior fans. And the spirit of Ultimate Warrior will run forever. The Ultimate Warrior, the newest member of the Hall of Fame.